0: Relax.
1: It's a jungle out there. Below us is the entrance to the flight to the moon. Departing for outer space every few minutes. You know, it wasn't too long ago we had to carry water from a well. But thanks to progress, we've got a pump right here in the kitchen. We're gonna bring ghosts from all over the world. But we haven't got the ghosts in there yet. We're out collecting the ghosts.
2: W Radio, your information
3: station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World Information Station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 494. I'm here once again, not only to help you have the best possible vacation experience when you come to the Disney parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are, with not just the podcast, but videos, the blog, live broadcast on Facebook every Wednesday night, my books, audio tours, special events, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. Part of the reason why we love and visit Walt Disney World over and over again is is the ability to leave the real world behind, be a kid again, and laugh, not just at ourselves, but the memories we are making and the jokes we've heard countless times. And this week, we're going to look at some of our favorite reasons, attractions, and moments in the top 10 corny, nostalgic, and sentimental things we still love about Walt Disney World. It's a fun and somewhat sentimental journey through many of the people, places, and simple things that we not only love and revisit, but maybe even have a bit of a deeper meaning for us as well. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show for more information, updates, and announcements, including information about our next Meet of the Month in Walt Disney World, during Food & Wine Festival, of course, your voicemails, and more... So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Walt Disney famously once said. I only hope we don't lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a mouse. And I think Walt, like many of us, not only knew the importance and value in remembering and honoring our beginnings and backgrounds, but I think he was also a nostalgic and a sentimentalist. And his parks, by design, afford us the opportunity to relive and revisit some of our finest, most treasured and valued memories as well. And I think Disney itself was born from and thrives on a sense of nostalgia. It's in its DNA. And I think they brilliantly and strategically celebrate the past, present, and future of Disney. D23 Expo was a great example of that. Although the delineation between those might not be as clear as it might seem. And Disney, like Peter Pan, my favorite character, and yours truly, doesn't just refuse to let go of the past and refuse to grow up. It's in their core beliefs and mission and marketing and like the original disneyland walt disney world is a special place that was created to make special lifelong memories and in the dedication speech for disneyland walt expressed his hope that disneyland and i think the parks that would follow would be a place where age relives fond memories of the past and here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future and from a business and customer service perspective I think we can explore how Disney uses nostalgia to establish and really maintain customer loyalty. But for us, the guests, it's much more basic than that. I think Walt Disney World and Disneyland gives us the gift that Walt wanted. A place to relive those fond memories and look forward to the promise of creating new ones in the future. So this week, we're going to dig a little deeper into that idea in the parks. Because when we go and we leave that real world at the gates as we pass through those very carefully designed portals into another time and place, we allow ourselves to enjoy these parks as I believe we can nowhere else. And what sometimes might be considered ridiculous, childish, or silly elsewhere, those are the things we look forward to experiencing over and over again. So this week, we're going to look at our top 10 call them nostalgic, sentimental, and yeah, maybe even corny things we still love about Walt Disney World. And joining me this week is a man who, for me, embodies pretty much all those qualities. He's nostalgic, he's a sentimental softie, and if you haven't figured it out yet... Is corny in a dad jokes kind of way. So following that dad joke idea, he is the Geppetto to my Pinocchio, the Mufasa to my Simbo Simba and the Tadashi to my Baymax because I obviously fit the physique. He is, of course, little Timmy Foster from Celebrations Magazine and Guide to the Magic. Welcome back, my corny dad friend. Holy cow. There's a lie. I I, know I I crammed a lot in there. I know. I, I'm just. I'm upset, though. I'm not the Winnie to your Pooh anymore. <laughs> you know that when you say it, it sounds a lot creepier.
2: It well. <laughs> so, it don't sound that great coming out of your lips. You.
3: Well, you know, and, and the reason why I sort of used some of those uh, analogies and references was, you know, we talked about some of the things that. Look, I think when we were talking about what the idea for this segment would be. We used terms like nostalgic and sentimental and corny. Like there are some of the things that we love about Walt Disney World that are just plain corny, like a dad joke, right? We think that they're hysterical and our kids obviously don't. And I think there are things in Walt Disney World that – like Beetlejuice keeps getting funnier every single time <laughs> we see it um and, and that is sort of what brought this idea but I think it goes beyond just corny it is some of those maybe nostalgic and sentimental things that we still love about this place. Do you have a dad joke you can share? You know, no because I'm sure I'll think it's so much oh, funnier than a rules are, for a dad joke. <laughs> No, I mean, I, you know, I think we all have jokes that we probably think are funnier, and as our kids get older, they don't think so as well. But in Disney World, these jokes continue to play, and I'll be very curious to hear your list in terms of just how nostalgic and sentimental and maybe old some of these corny jokes, corny references, whatever they might be, are.
2: Well... I'm, I'm adding one to my list as you said that. <laughs> so, well, interesting. Since we never talk about what we're going to talk about before these shows, you know, the only thing I think we communicated back and forth was the word corny. So, I, I think part of the fun in this is we might be taking this in a couple different directions.
3: And as we, as, as we have for the past 10 years or so. As so, we why do, should, As we do with every show. Why, why should did, this, why be, should any this be, be any different? Why, why break tradition now?
2: So uh well when I was putting lists together and had my thought about this, um it's it's not far from what you're saying, it's in the same vein, but I was I was going even further in thinking about attractions, shows, whatever it is that have been branded corny and are referred to as corny and are looked down upon and are like the cool kids say, oh, psh, you know, uh, that's that's stupid. That's corny and all that. Uh, to which I come to their defense and say, I know it's corny, but I still love it. And here's why. So it's kind of the same thing, but that's that's kind of where I was heading with that.
3: So makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. We're in the because, same kind right, of right because I've known people. you for 15 years. So so I'm just starting to understand how your mind works, but uh, I have no idea. What you were going to say first, and just how much I have to go with you here for the first one out of the gate
2: now you're not going to go with me here with at all because i'm going I'm going right for the
3: right for the jugular just go right out right right go I'm right to the heart
2: to get the right bodily uh, part it's a small world, and this is i I'm actually in in uh, th- th- you know this little magazine I make the celebrations thing I've this heard rag. Of it. I've heard of it yeah no. well anyway I'm doing the, 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 I'm kind of in the middle of a column series I'm doing see you thought this was an idea I just came up with but where I'm kind of doing you know it's corny but I don't care and I explain why and the first one that always comes to mind when I think of that is it's a small world because of the fact that uh it, it's an oft maligned attraction unfairly, I think. Um, and it gets a lot of ribbing, gets a lot of, uh, jokes. Even Disney makes fun of it themselves. Like in the lion King, when, uh, scar shot down Zazu when he started singing the song and those dreamworks. People made fun of it in that Shrek goger green guy movie, whatever that was. <laughs> but, um, I know. Uh, even before I did all of this, when I was just the casual—not casual—the avid Disney fan going to Disney, I'd read the guidebooks, and so many of them, you'd get to "It's a Small World," and they would tell you, "Don't bother. It's corny. It's for little kids. It's old. It's a stupid song. It goes over and over." You know, or even to the extent we see cartoons like "I've been trapped on there for hours. It was worse than the Tower of Terror." You know, things like that. And um, it just it bugs me, and I know we we've talked about it, it's a small world so many times. It's it's one of my all time favorite attractions. I know it's my stepfather's favorite attractions. He's a little. It's a small button pin that plays a song whenever he gets depressed. He plays it. Um, but it's one of the, it's it's an attraction you just need to look at it and appreciate it the the right way, and understand what it is, I guess. I don't know. I was going to say – what I don't want to do really is go into the history and why it's important and why it matters and uh, why it's uh, important in Disney history and how iconic it is. It's just – appreciate it for what it is. And I think what it gets the bad rap for, it's – all right, the song is – I love the song, but yeah, I get it. It goes over and over again. But um, I get the feeling it's just the message is today just sounds corny. Like let's all – be together kumbaya, be arm in arm and no troubles and all that. And, and maybe the cynical among us don't think that's possible or that's even something realistic and it's pie in the sky and whatever. And it's silly and it's for kids and all that. But, um, you know, I love it. I think the message is a fantastic one. Um, Detraction is wonderful though. Look at it. I see so many, when I'm writing it, I see so many people going through and they're talking to each other, looking on their phones. They're not looking and it drives me crazy. But, um, I just want to be the one that sticks the flag at the top of the mountain and say, it's a small world. It's one of the greatest attractions ever. I don't care what all the guidebooks say. You got to go on it. You got to see it. Don't put it on your don't bother list because it's boring. So
3: is it a must do every time um, you go?
2: Absolutely, it's a must-do every time I go. And I th- think – well, for us, because I think we're going to get into a lot of this. When you said nostalgia, a lot of this is nostalgia. And for me, It's a Small World does have a lot of – a lot of its appeal to me is nostalgic because I remember when it's young. And to me, it does uh, embody all the good things about Disney and Walt Disney and when you do know the history, it's more meaningful and stuff. And I get if you're a kid today and you go on and you don't know any of this stuff, it might seem, you know, it doesn't go upside down, it doesn't flip it, doesn't scare you, so you know, ho hum. But um, it I think it's definitely I don't think it's definitely a must do, it is a must do.
3: So I'm gonna tell you something, Timmy Foster. <clears throat> As you climb to the top of the mountain and you plant the small world flag up there. I'm going to be standing there with you, arm in arm, hand in hand, waving the It's a Small World flag as hard as I possibly can. And I will tell you, this was on my list. And I'm serious when I say this was the most important one for me that was on here. Because there are so many things that are, you can call it corny, you can call it sentimental, you can call it nostalgic. Those are the things that I love about this attraction. And when I think of it, it's a small world. That the words that came to mind were childlike innocence. There is an innocence to this attraction that I love, and I think, look, I think this is an attraction that you need to stop and listen to the words. Right, And you talked about the history. Of, of what it was supposed to, or not really wanted to talk about the history, but you knew that when the Sherman brothers were first coming up with this idea, they were going to have all these different national anthems playing, and it was just, it was a mess. It was just cacophonous, and it didn't work. And for, and I don't want, you you alluded to this, and, I, and so I want to mm-hmm. piggyback on it, <laughs> right? I think mm-hmm. you need to listen to these words, because mm-hmm. I think now more than ever, in a world, in a world that can sometimes be somewhat tumultuous, we need to do what Walt told them to do, which was play that single song. We every child should be singing a single song throughout the entire attraction, right? So maybe we need to do what the attraction is preaching. We need to look at the children for the future and the possibility of unifying everybody, right? This was cre- This attraction was created as a tribute to peace and friendship and global harmony and the children of the world. Uh, It's an attraction that anybody can ride. And I think for a lot of people, this is one that they may laugh about it now, but it's probably one of the earliest memories that generations of Disney fans have. And, you know, look, the, the song itself, Laugh As You Might About It, you know, they never copyrighted that song as as a and that was done deliberately because it was meant to be a gift to all the children of all the world. And I that's something that sort of makes me love Disney even more. You referenced how it was heard in everything from video games to movies like Ant Man and The Lion King and The Muppet Show on TV. <laughs> There's nothing high tech about this. There's nothing groundbreaking about it. It is just simple and it's timeless. And yeah, maybe it's even corny. And I for one hope this attraction never, ever changes. I, I embrace hope so. I embrace the corniness and the sentimentality that is it's a small world.
2: I do too. I, I will note I I was doing a little piece on small world for something else. Um it was neat to see you're right And this that it's not filled with state-of-the-art animatronics it's not filled with cgi effects it's not filled with all this stuff um i will say i will give them a nod and this was unobtrusive and okay i do like the touch at the end now where they will flash up goodbye with your name thanks to your magic bam Took me a while to figure out how they knew what my name was but <laughs> that's pretty cool and it's it doesn't Really change anything. In fact, I think it makes it a little even more endearing because now you're more a part of it. But um, I was gonna—I was gonna go with me here. Ah, eh, why not? This just takes an hour and a half anyway. So, but <laughs> I was gonna make a—I'm gonna tie this into the Beatles. Wait let you see how I do this. Wait, what? You so, uh, might go with me here. Go with me. here. So, I think it's what you were saying. Listening to the words, listening to the message and appreciating the message for what it is and it's simple it's happy and it's naive i admit it's naive and it's great that it's naive i think that's part of the charm of it's a small world and you you kind of said it different ways it lets you become a child again where it was okay to be naive and it was okay to believe that everything could be good and we were all in a happy place not unlike a certain beetle. See how I'm doing this?
3: <laughs> um, if you're gonna tell me that you are the walrus, we're done here.
2: No,
4: ugh, hold on.
2: <laughs> no, I, I remember an interview like of seeing John Lennon when he was talking about "Give Peace a Chance," and it was the same kind of idea. People were asking him, you know, they're getting on him, like you know, all right, you make a song, who cares? What you know? The, the, There's everything going on. You think this is going to make a bit of difference? Like, who do you think you are? And he was basically just saying, look, this is what I do. I sing. I can't do anything else. So I'm going to say it. It's naive. I get it. But that's all I can do. But if you think about it, yeah, you can have it if you want it. Peace in this case. But but the idea is... That, you know, it's okay to break everything down and be naive, and sometimes it can be that simple. Sometimes it can't be, and I understand that, and the real world comes in, but, um, you know, it's nice to be naive sometimes.
3: Listen, you know, if it's naivete, that – Naivete. I'll take it, you know, because – and look, I think – and I actually did go with you there. And and for once in 15 years, I I went with you and I agree with you because – Though oh, the mountains God. divide and the oceans are wide, it is a small world after all. The same way that, you know, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. You know, imagine all people living in peace. Is it, is it far-fetched? Is it, call it whatever you want, it, it, but it, yes, is the messaging the same and is it something to maybe strive for and maybe our kids and the generations after us will figure it out somehow? So I'm with you, brother. I, I dig it unapologetically.
2: There you go. It's hopelessly. Naive. Like he said, like, you know, if I'm going to say something. Why don't I say this? This is a nice thing to say. So I'm going to say
3: it. I would give you I would give you a hug on top of that mountain right there this is this really should be the last one, because now how do we follow it up from here? But good night, folks. Good night, everybody. That was our top one list. That was our top one list.
2: Yeah, you know what? We stand right now.
3: Top We're one. not. It's it's not going to be the top no. one, but but right, I I'm very curious to hear what other people's thoughts are. You know, maybe look, and maybe we are naive. Maybe we are overly sentimental when we look at that attraction, and other people just see like OMG. If I hear that song one more time, I'll tell you something, man. When I go to the parks, I I don't you know I'm not going to ride 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 you know to hit all the attractions, but I'll tell you something that there's one or two others on my list. Small world is one of the ones that I still enjoy. It is that simple pleasure that sort of just kind of makes you makes me, I'll speak for myself, it makes me happy when I go on it. Do I buy into the into the the mission and the message of the lyrics? Absolutely, man. So um, you know, does that make me a dreamer? Does it make me whatever? I'm cool with that. So that's a good that's a good place to be. So all right, I, I, th- that's going to take me somewhere else than where I was planning on starting off with on my list because as long as I am getting weepy and sappy and sentimental, oh, well, there, there's this is one of two attractions that were on my list that were very much tied into not just the song, not just the attraction and audio animatronics and lyrics and things like that, I think it really, for me, comes down to exactly how I started and with whom I started this segment, which is Walt Disney. This attraction, it's a small world, and where I'm going next are so directly tied to his legacy and his vision for, I think, not just the theme parks, but but life in general – And those two attractions that were very, very high on my list were It's a Small World and Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress because I think that they very much are in alignment in terms of what the messaging is. They are both attractions that... You know, while while carousel of progress may be celebrating the past and looking at a sort of a, a tongue-in-cheek look at the past, both of these attractions are messages of optimism, right? There we it, it is a small world after all, but I also think that there very much is a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every every single day, and I will admit something to you, again unapologetically. I like Carousel of Progress, just the way it is. There's a little part of me that misses. Now is the time. Now is the best time because I have memories of of that song, and I sing it way too often in the car. I think this is an overlooked attraction. This is not an attraction that is just meant to avoid the heat or, you know, take a nap. Uh, I find it fascinating to look back on the 20th century and what came before that and, and hear sort of the history of progress and maybe what people were thinking was so high tech at the time. For me, this attraction is like sitting down with a grandparent who is telling you stories of what life was like when they were growing up. I don't have grandparents who can do that for me now. I get that same sense when I sit in that attraction. And I do go to probably more often than a lot of other locals might do it. And there's a part of me that enjoys the corniness and, and is a bit of a sentimentalist because I love that Walt's hand was so much in every part of this. And I do like that reminder of the, the possibility of what tomorrow is going to bring whether it is a great, big, beautiful tomorrow or, cele- or or making sure and understanding that time is very fleeting and you don't know when it's going to be over. So to a certain degree, now is the time. Now is the best time. And make sure you enjoy every second. Like Small World, I, I look, you know me, man. I'm a positive person. I am an unapologetic optimist. And I think those two attractions, naive or otherwise, um have Walt and my similar sense of and messaging of optimism that I love and I live every day.
2: Well, when we're planting the carousel of progress flag right next to the small world <laughs> flag, I'll be right with you again, brother. That, that, that's also um, right, was right there up on my list. Um, not much to add to what you said. You said it so well. Um, the way I see it, um, I know some when we talked about it, and people do this, the one quibble you would have is, you know, what do you do in the last room? And I'm I'm like with you, I don't care. It, it's great. I mean, if they want to make it a vision of 2015, fine. If they want to make it the vision of the future as it was seen from 1965, that's fine. I love it the way it is now. Like I, I know people quibble over that, but I don't care.
3: I love the final scene. Because I what? lived that final yeah. scene. Like, I was the kid <laughs> in front of the video game system with my parachute pants and guest jean jacket and, oh, I you know, <laughs> I, maybe I should stop talking about what I was probably yeah. wearing. But you understand. But yeah. that was me, man. That's what my Christmas is kind of, I mean, it was a lot more food and a lot more fighting, but <laughs> that's christmases looked like so I, I embrace it and i understand you can't make that a vision of the future because you have to be updating that attraction every six eight twelve months and and that's fine and
2: and that's just one part of it the other the other scenes are just they're fabulous i think part of it i was thinking about this as you mentioned this and as you're talking about it and tying it back to it's a small world and um a similarity. I I think when you go in, you can have two experiences. And I just, this just occurred to me as you were saying this. Um, You can look at it as uh, the promise of tomorrow, the promise of progress, how, uh, how far we've come, how far we're going to go, uh, which is a wonderful thing. And Walt believed in progress and we all believe in progress. And, um, and that's a great message. Um, I think the other cool thing about this though uh, especially for the younger folk. Although I, I know y'all think I'm, you know, 80 something. I was not alive in the forties <laughs> and the twenties, just so you know, but um, seeing those, seeing those scenes is very neat in the sense it get, cause it gives you a sense of how far we have come. And you look at something and you, go, it really took that long to get to, uh, you know, California. And this is how you got the water. And, and, Uh, It's like uh, your kids now. You show well records are back in vogue, so I can't say that. Or showing them a CD and they go, "What the heck is that thing?" (laughs) Or a tape or something or a telephone, you know. And um, so, in that sense, it's neat uh, to see things the way they were, especially for kids, because it's even more foreign to them than it is for us. And um, so, so it's kind of it's 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 an interesting mix. It's a look back and to look forward at the same time um but uh you know it it is nostalgic it's great and again there's a whole history that we could spend hours talking about but that's not you know why i love it
3: per se um as we were talking about it as we were talking about it and i was thinking back about how Similar the eighties Christmas scene was, and I was making sort of a half joke about more food and more fighting like I wish I could actually film like the lumangello italian American version of the final scene of Carousello Progress, just well, to see how different it really would have been in my grandmother's be, basement in Brooklyn
2: yeah, that would be fun so <laughs> no it it's one of those and and like it's a small world it does it gets a bad rap a lot um it's, you know, when people talk about must-see things you do at the Magic Kingdom, that's not on the list. Uh, you know, it's boring, it's long, it's it's whatever. And and I know we understand, as we go through this, uh, you know, some people don't have the luxury of living 12 minutes gate-to-gate, gate, as someone tells me they do. Um, and we realize sometimes you, you only have a day or two to go to the Magic Kingdom, and that's it. So... I mean, I understand that some of these attractions are going to be ones that are overlooked, and that's fair, because there are bigger, faster, cooler ones that are all magical and great, but um, uh, but these the, they're still worth a look, and like a small world, Carousel of Progress is a must-do when I go there, if it's open, which is uh, sad when it's not open or, or broke down or whatever, but
3: um, yeah, makes I'd me see. happy. So where, where does your list take you next? Well,
2: actually, it went to where I thought you were going to. Because I, when I had this idea, there's, there was a trifecta of attractions that came to mind right away. And one being a small world, the other being Carousel of Progress. The third being the Enchanted Tiki Room hmm. was uh, another one. And, and again, it's the same pretty much the same story as the others, especially it's a small world. Uh, when you're reading the guidebooks, when you're looking at uh, reading where to go and what you should see, what are must-do's, the Tiki Room gets bashed a lot. It's old, it's corny, it's boring, you know. Um, and yeah, it's not uh, some fantastic new 3D CGI laser extravaganza or anything like that, Um but like the other two, it it just it it has that sense of nostalgia about that's rooted in its real history, which again all three of these attractions have that in common too. That they 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 go way way back and all had Walt Disney's hands very much in all of them, and and you know they all are very important for different reasons. And, and the Tiki Room is ex uh, extremely important moment in the history of animatronic figures um which is a whole other story and that's not why i think you have to go in and see it but um when i do go to see it now um it's you know it, yes it's not the most exciting thing in the world but it it somehow it takes me back in time it um um puts me back in a world that's not that was more carefree it was more optimistic however you want to say it um and uh, th- that's it. It's corny. It is really corny. It is so corny.
3: It's beyond corny. So what is it What is it that brings you back to the Tiki Room?
2: I think the, of the three attractions we talked about, this is the one most firmly rooted in nostalgia. Like I'll go, I'll go back to it because it's one I remember when I was littler, little uh, – you know it's always been there to me it it um it embodies everything that Walt Disney World is about and everything that Walt Disney is about and actually i was recognizing this as i was making this list that things that are going to be on our list like if we asked a 14 year old to come up with their list they probably wouldn't come up with this list cuz unless they're avid disney fanatic fans the history and uh story behind everything and even Walt Disney himself is much more foreign to them than it is to us. We were at least, you know, grew up with this and to them, the, you're talking to kids that when they were born, they're already four parks open, you know, so they, they don't have a nostalgic, um, remembrance of this. So it really just comes down to that to me. It's, it's being there and being in Disney and just being able to experience that, Disney, everything is a bright, big, wonderful tomorrow, small world. That, the whole notion um, is there in the Tiki room, even though that, I don't think the songs really say that so much, but um, it's just the sense that this was part of Walt's dream just as much as all the other ones were. so
3: You know, from a Walt Disney World That's, perspective. Uh, From a a Walt Disney – and I'm with you. And this was actually not on my list, but it is in my heart. But I will tell you that from a Walt Disney World perspective, the 2011 was the most significant year for me for this attraction because that is when that mysterious fire broke out Mm. in the theater causing some damage to – the audio-animatronic Yago and some of the other things in the attraction that suffered water damage, which gave Imagineers an opportunity to return it to its original glory. And, you know, I think it was at a time when a sense of nostalgia was just starting to really come more to the forefront. I think, And I give credit to D23. I give credit to the archives doing a lot of things, bringing a lot of this sentimentality back to us in Expo and Destination D and some of the things that the archives was doing. But I think what it did was it started to help usher in a return to some of those things that we loved, whether it was the, you know, the orange bird or this uh, uh, original sort of version of the attraction. And I'm with you, man. Like, it's one that I will go to, We practically probably know the script, right? We know all the songs, but that's why I go back. And I think for a lot of these things, there is something comfortable and comforting about it uh, because we do know what's going to happen next. We do love the songs. In our mind, we're, we're singing the Tiki 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 Room or Let's All Sing Like the Birdies Sing. I love, you know, listening to the voices to hear, you know, a Thor Ravenscroft in there or on the on the Disney side, like, you know, a Jerry Orbach as as Pierre. Those are some of the things that I look forward to and I listen for. And I think that's part of the reason. Look, this this entire show, this entire list, I think are based more in our hearts than they are in our heads because of it's the way these things make us feel as opposed to what you alluded to, it being um, a, a thrill ride, a fast ride, a, a heart-pounding type, type of thing? Because none of the things on our list so far have been anything like that.
2: No. And actually, the under new management part, as you, were, as you mentioned it, I was thinking about it. That kind of, in a weird way, maybe illustrates what we're talking about because I remember when that came about um, – You know, being an effort to update the ride, make it more, uh, bring the people back in, make it more hip, make it more today, get the kids, get you know, make it uh, more modern, more try to get it be more popular. And it, I don't really remember it that much. I remember seeing it. Um, What I remember though, is that in the effort to modernize it and to bring it up to date, quote unquote. It quickly, to me at least, got dated really fast. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, in a in a different way, like in the eighties, like they were using like eighties like Miami Sound Machine songs and stuff like that, which, you know, a few as you move on, they're dated, and, and and there's a difference between dated ten years ago, which we all remember. And then being dated back to Walt Disney's time, right. which was you know before our time, and that's a, but that's a time we could be nostalgic about. I mean, you could be nostalgic about the 80s and your parachute pants, and I really, really want to see a picture of them. <laughs> no, you don't. But, Trust me.
3: But, nobody wants to see but, a picture <laughs> of me in parachute pants.
2: But um, I was thinking about that kind of really illustrated what we've been talking about. Like uh, it, it, all these attractions are dated in a sense, but they're dated. So far back in tradition and history that that's okay and it's kind of neat. It's a uh, sentimental dating. It, yeah. Look,
3: it's different than Timekeeper when Boys to Men is singing Cooley high harmony in Motown Philly like <laughs> that gets dated ten years from now and nobody's going. You know, I really miss Boys to Men and Timekeeper. It, it it's very very different. You know, that was corny, and is still kind of corny, but does not stand the test of time like all the things that we've been talking about have yeah you so, have yeah. you ever actually seen timekeeper that with me. boys to, you have to go and find the video of it now
2: no i i no i haven't i'm really curious now
3: <laughs> next time you come down we're going to sit down and we're going to watch that together
2: okay okay you and <laughs> um, your parachute pants in my parachute, parachute pants parachute with, parachute, with, parachute, my, with maybe it. i'll
3: wear my Cavariches. wait i take the i'm gonna pants. wear my Cavariches. i still have my michael jackson Never mind. Let's move. I need to move on oh. because this is, only, this is this is going to go horribly wrong for me really really soon. Um, uh, I not. hope nobody calls my mom. All right. So um, I th- let us talk too. about the eight hundred pound gorilla in the corny nostalgic room. The eight hundred pound hippo in the hippo pool, because I have to believe Tim Foster Jungle Cruise is on your list. It is on my list. Right. Like Hall of Oates, like your kiss is on my (laughs) list, so is the Jungle Cruise. Look, this is the quintessential corny attraction, right? It's the same corny jokes over and over and over and over again, but they vary based on your skipper, right? And so why? Why do we ride this attraction? This is a, a somewhat rhetorical question. Why do we ride Jungle Cruise over and over again? Not just because I think of the variety of what we might get from the skippers. Look, we know the scenes. We know the route. We know the visuals. We've heard the jokes a thousand times. It is almost exactly as it was in the beginning, and it still is as corny as ever, and that is why I love it so. And the unknown, right, the the, the one wild card in this is the cast member. They have a script that they're supposed to follow, But they can vary slightly. They can sort of, you know, move lanes a little bit. And uh, I, I think that is, and look, one of the things I love about that is when, if there's a little bit of traffic and your boat is queued to sort of go to the dock at the very end, so often you'll find cast members that just sort of, Riff, and that's where they really sort of get to show their own style. Some are deadpan, some are cute, some are very corny. And I think that, and, and I, the, the, the love I'm giving, giving to this attraction is not just in the attraction itself, but for those of you who are, or know of, or are related to, or were Jungle Cruise skippers, you are why. This attraction stands the test of time. Those jokes don't have to ever change. You can tweak them. You can make a jingle cruise, but it's the cast members. It's the corniness and the bit of sentimentality I think that we get from this that makes this probably one of, if not arguably, the corniest of corny attractions that we love so much.
2: I think the Jungle – we should count this up. I think the Jungle Cruise probably wins the award for making the most lists that we've done because <laughs> I, th- I think we've won funny moments, scary moments, different at night, place to relax. You know, I, it,
3: but it's, that's it's why on, so many years later, so that's why it's still there, right? And that's why it, it hasn't changed because it doesn't need to. Right, You don't need to change this. You don't need to do anything to this attraction to make it better because, like so many others on the list, it's you know practically perfect just the way it is.
2: I think the, the thing with the Jungle Cruise – another thought that's coming to mind as we list through all these attractions, um, and maybe this is – as I think about it, part of why these attractions mean this much to me is the – the whole notion of Disney, comparing it to any other theme park you'd want to. Um, and other parks are parks. Some are great. Some have fantastic thrill rides, uh, um, shows, experiences, whatever. Um, but none of them have the history that Disney parks have been rooted into. None of them have a tradition of being – born from an empire that was born from feature animation films that were born from cartoons that were born from the birth of animation. Um, There's so much, and how do I say it? Like there's so much history and, and the weight of the history of Disney there that something like the jungle cruise, I think means a lot more being in Disney. This is really hard to express. Like being in Disney, it means a lot because it, it you see it and at least to us who like who know something about the past and are interested in it it does bring to mind all the uh stories of like how walt disney was involved in this and the inspirations of it and um going back to how the non-animatronic animatronic elephants and things came to be and how they evolved from uh, a long line of uh Bringing things to life through animatronics, through animation, through drawings and stuff, um, and and there's there's such a history there, and it means something. And I think that's like with all these attractions, it's the same thing. Like you could plunk Jungle Cruise in another park, and it would be neat, but it wouldn't mean anything mm-hmm. if that makes sense. You know. So, um, and if you go to another, if you go to another park, not to put them down, but if you go on their attractions. Um, Like I don't feel any sense. They're fun and they're great, but I don't feel any sense of uh, connection to any history or nostalgia or anything like that. So, whereas all of these do, and the Jungle Cruise is absolutely one of them. That's we all re all of us who went when we were little when the park first opened. We remember that. I remember that. You know, that the jokes and everything else, and um, and and And, don't ever change it. Right,
3: and I think the corny jokes we've come to know and love you know if we had to sort of rank some of the corniest attractions this this could very well be at the top of the list and it's funny when you started to say other parks i, I didn't know what you were talking about but i was oh. i actually thought i visited <laughs> hong kong um last year i i was speaking in the philippines and stopped in hong kong for a few hours on the way back and i rode their version of uh of the jungle cruise very very different than mm. the version here or in Disneyland, not just because it's available in Cantonese, English, and Mandarin. Obviously, I chose English, but it was funny to see how some of those corny jokes were trying to translate. Some did well, some did not do well, <laughs> just because of the language issues and even just how different the uh, attraction was. Um, and I think it's in, I, I think it's in all the parks except for. Disneyland Paris, I think, due in large part because of, of the weather and things like that. And um, But it's interesting, and it'll be interesting when I go to, to uh, Shanghai and when I go to um, uh, Japan late in, a, in a few weeks, actually, to see how their jungle cruises compare to ours. But um, I think there's still, I think you're right. I think that there's nothing like the Disney version of, you might ride a jungle attraction, you know, a river cruise somewhere else, but it's nothing like the, the one around. An original Jungle Cruise,
2: right? Yeah, I think if you went, I, I didn't mean other Disney parks. I didn't. I don't want to name any by name. I live near a big <laughs> one, which I haven't been to in years. But um, but yeah, like the, you could put the same ride there, but it's not, it's not Disney's ride. It right. would be like you would go on. It would be cool. You'd laugh. You'd, but that would you wouldn't get anything. More it's the world proactive. famous go, Jungle
3: Cruise for a reason.
2: When you yeah, when you go on the Jungle Cruise at Disney. You're not just on the Jungle Cruise. You're back in the 1960s with Walt Disney, you know, pointing out this is where this needs to go and this is where that. You know that <laughs> that whole sense of how cool it is. And the joke. I think the jokes are funny. So, but I, and one thing we talk about the the Jungle Cruise is the interaction too between the the guests and the and the cast members. And and you know what. That's a whole other show. Yeah. We don't even have to go there. I think we did another list, and that Jungle Cruise was on just for that. <laughs> well, yeah. Jungle Cruise wins. For, All right. Uh, Back to you, then. What oh, else is me. next it's on your me. corny, sentimental, uh, nostalgic list? Can I uh, – I am going to pull a go with me here on this one. Hmm. Right, I'm going to do i – I'm going to knock two out, three out with one shot here. Sorry. But there's one It's on my list that I'm kind of hoping you do. So I'm going to hold off on that, but – I'm going to go to, as long as we're Adventureland, let's take a little stroll over to Liberty Square. And the Haunted Mansion is wonderful, and it's great, and everybody has to go on it. And it's the quintessential Disney attraction. But there's another building next to it that nobody seems to ever want to go into, and that's the Hall of Presidents. And uh, so Hall of Presidents makes my list in in the sense of – a lot of people don't – will overlook it using words, um, maybe not corny so much, but uh, it's too – it's educational, it's historical, it's just a movie. I'm I'm here to have fun. I don't want to learn. It's just a, boring comes to mind. Um, I, but again, again, like all these other attractions, this one has such deep-rooted – uh, historical significance in Disney with uh, the animatronics and moments with Mr. Lincoln and and the whole, whole history of it. But even if you didn't know any of that, just going in and seeing the show um, is fun. And it's it's long, and I, I even sometimes I'm waiting for the curtain to rise and the presidents to start fidgeting and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's fun to watch. But it, But it is definitely one a lot of people – feel like they over overlook or they it gets talked about a bit in guidebooks and stuff. And I'm tying it in. This is the where I'm going, the go with me part. Um, I kind of relate it similarly to the American Adventure for the same kind of reason. Like, you have other attractions in World Showcase. Uh, ap- Frozen, absolutely, right now it trumps everybody. But um, even the American Adventure gets, I think, a sense of... It's a show, but... It's a show, and it's going to sit through, and it's history, and da, da 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 Now, unlike Hall of Presidents, this doesn't have a historical connection that goes all the way back to Walt Disney. Um, but I think they're similar in the sense that it's overlooked because um, they, there's a perception of there's an, it's an educational thing, and you can you equate that with being corny. But I'm going to go even further and talk about... <laughs> Talk about the American Adventure being the centerpiece of World Showcase, and I'll, I'm I'm going to lump all of World Showcase into this because. Um,
3: so wait, let me nothing... just get this straight. Your your next one is Hall of Presidents, American Adventure, and all and of World, all Showcase. Of World okay. Showcase. Just, so I've just to be a clear,
2: i have <laughs> knocked the park and a half out in one shot. And the only reason I'm, I'm mentioning World Showcase, I'm I'm not saying people don't go there. I'm not saying people think it's corny, But I don't think they do, and I don't think. Um, um, that there is that perception out there. Um, but there is a perception, which y- you hear sometimes, uh, especially out in the blog sphere and in, in some books and whatnot. Uh, the idea of the 11 country pavilions are all sitting next to each other. Uh, we're all friends. We're all happy. Well, don't you remember that you know such and such happened like 60 years ago? And shouldn't we be remembering things like that? And why aren't we pointing – things like that out and it's a heavy discussion admittedly but a, a part of part of the one of the things the many things I, I really like about world showcase is the idea that uh cultures from all around the world could come together and we could be together we can, we can share everything about our cultures with each other um how we dress how we eat um, the customs we have our languages and and you know, we're in a place where we are free to share them and there there's differences, but they're good and we can get along and and it goes back to. Hey, it goes back to it's a small world, you know, like we we can get along if we want to. And um, and I think that's a, a big part of what World Showcase is about, you know, is fostering togetherness of culture from around the world. So so from a little Group of presidents sitting in their chairs in a hall. I took us all the way around the world and brought it all together. I said, "Can't we just all live in a happy, happy, small world?" After
3: that was a um, that was a long, circuitous, <laughs> almost exhausting journey. <clears throat> excuse me, around uh, all the theme parks. But how you connected those dots was uh, there's a fine line between brilliance <laughs> and insanity and i'm not really sure <laughs> which yeah. side you uh you teeter on um you oh, know least
2: any doubt which side i teeter
3: on. yeah I, I know um
2: That's, now i'm curious i'm hoping you go one place here
3: i you know i i think i know where you're hoping i was going to go and I, and i was going to do it because i thought it was going to tie into where you started um but as I was thinking about this list and I was thinking you know the word corny keeps coming up and nostalgia and sentimentality I- I'm gonna go b- to a certain degree off the beaten path to oh, it's somewhere okay for
2: you to sorry go. it's okay for you when we want well, but
3: off, to, off I'm page. not asking you to go with me here but right. but because that's that's all you but when I think of things that are corny and funny and just a simple pleasure and family friendly and quintessential Walt Disney World and something that, you know, if we're talking about, you know, Walt never saw it. But, man, I think he would dig it. And that would be the Hoopty Doo musical review. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. That for me is – and listen, I, let, I will take the fact that it's all-you-can-eat food out of the equation <laughs> and the cornbread and buckets of chicken because that's something separate. But I, I think the hoopty-doo do, and I've seen it uh, countless times, you know, dozens and dozens of times. And oftentimes if we have friends come down, we'll go and do it again. And I love watching especially first-timers' reactions to it um, – Uh, as much as I like watching the show because this too has not changed in the more than 30, I think it's like 38,000 performances that it has done over the past 40 plus years. You talk about things that stand the test of times being really one of the longest continuously running musical stage shows in American theater history, like not just Walt Disney World. There is something special to it. And it's funny because I think if you try, Tim, to explain to a first-timer who doesn't really know what it is and what they're getting themselves into, you almost have a tough time explaining it, right? Because it it is so corny, it is so campy, it is so goofy. Um, but there is something that is timeless about it um, that has, uh, you know, the 38,000-plus people, there are so many of them that are repeat viewers and repeat visitors, and this is one that I know people say every trip, this is one of the things, it's a must-do. There are memories associated with this. There are stories that are associated with it, and that's why, for me, like, this show, although I miss the song... Um, I, I missed the original song oh so very much and understand why it had to go away for copyright issues and things like that. Um, there is still something fun and, dare I say, special about the Hoop the Hoopty Doo musical review. And the fact that it's unique to Walt Disney World maybe helped bump it up on the list even a little bit more for me, too. Now, you're going to take me one day. You promise? I will take you. If you come – the next time you come down here, I promise you, uh-huh. me and you, we – I will even – I'll spring for like the the really good, you know, category one main floor seating right in the middle of the action kind of thing. But you better believe, sister, I'm going to make sure you get picked.
2: Wait, so I have to get up and sing or something? Oh,
3: well, I will – I'll <laughs> – <laughs> I'll see what I can um, do to make that happen
2: I think I saw uh, on the comment board somewhere, not that I go in there much, but I think someone is keeping a tally of all the places you promised to take me to eat <laughs> um, which which is getting kind of lengthy, and to that person who I appreciate very much uh, we haven't hit one yet, just so you know so keep the list going and that's
3: not my fault, Mr. Golden Reminded. Corral So <laughs> hey,
2: hey <laughs> Hey, two words, chocolate fountain. That's all you need to know.
3: And you know what, too? I, I think yeah. this is it, – it's mm-hmm. its more than a meal. It's more than a show. I mean if you think about it, it's two – maybe a little bit more than than two hours long. And there's dancing and singing, but I think so much of the humor is so – corny and and there's a little bit of improv you know in there there's audience participation in there 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 is something very e- eclectic about this show too and i think it's due not only to the cast members but because of the audience as well
2: i agree even though i don't want to sing but i agree
3: you will see hey look if, if I'm, you you, know, you are the corny dad joke kind of guy this is, Can I you, tell jokes when I'm up there? You could do whatever you... you could,
2: <laughs> All right, then I'm in there. You didn't tell me that part. I'm in.
3: Come, you know, even I think... This is one of the things, too, that I think even sometimes the most jaded visitor, you know, maybe the, the teenager or the guy who doesn't want to really be there. He's, like, you see people let their guard down and just have a good time. There's There's something about the energy in that room and and man bless those cast members and performers who do it 3 times a night every single night over and over again man they sell it like it is the very first time they have ever done that show so kudos to them and That's my server that brings amazing. me unlimited buckets of chicken too uh yeah <laughs> well my my
2: next one is it's kind of on the list for a slightly different reason. As I think about it. Um, it, it occurs to me as we we're talking about it's a small world. There's probably quite a number of fantasy land attractions we could throw into this bucket, um, and I'm sure we'll rattle through them through honorable mention time. But but one I wanted to point out, and this is funny because I feel like I've told this story at least three times on other lists that we've done. So this is another one that crops up a lot for various reasons, but, um, I'm going to enchanted tales with Belle Wow. as one. And, and the reason is, um, it's, it's overlooked and passed by, I think, but, but not for the same reasons the other ones were, um, where, whereas the other ones would be looked down upon by some as old fashioned and corny and, you know, too, too tame for me or whatever. Um, uh, Enchanted Tales with Belle uh, most likely gets passed over if you don't have children. Like if you, if you think this is purely a children activity, and if I'm don't children, I don't need to go to this. Um, but. Uh, I I beg of you, I implore you, go anyway if you don't have children. Um, It's not just for – it's for children. I will make no mistake. The children participate and play different roles. But adults get picked uh, at at times to play uh, different roles in the play. And for those of you who don't know, when you go in Enchanted Tales with Belle, in the final room you're going to be reacting or – React, uh, acting out portions of Beauty and the Beast for Belle herself, as a surprise. So that's what I'm referring to. But um, but the whole experience of going through the cottage, going through the workshop, going through the magic portal, um, seeing the wardrobe, seeing Lumiere, which are incredible animatronic figures, seeing Belle herself, all of that is fantastic and is worth just seeing in of its own right. But the thing with uh, Enchanted Tales with Belle that really gets to you, and you will cry—I cried, you'll cry—is uh, seeing that interaction. And we keep we talk we talk about the cast members in every single show, and we've talked about them in every single attraction here, and this one's no different. This is a uh, fantastic cast member interaction. Um, even more so, you're you're part of the show on, on this attraction. They're just not telling you jokes or performing for you. You're involved, and they and they work with you. And seeing the looks on your children's faces or other children's faces as they get to meet Belle or play their part in the play um, is is something you'll never forget. Uh, I guarantee you'll get emotional, even if they're not your children. Um, but the point being, it's not. You may look at it on the map and seeing a chance of the bill and, and just think it's a kid's attraction. Um, yes, it's focused on kids, but it's just not for kids. It's so much more than that. And, and it's, uh, one that you need to go. And I don't know if corny really fits as a descriptor for this, but it kind of falls in that same bucket of it's overlooked. Cause it's not, it's not exciting enough for me, that kind of thing. So, but go, you'll be dazzled.
3: I, I you'll be dazzled. You dazzled. get bedazz- oh you I thought you meant like get you bedazzled. Can get bedazzled. Like, like my jean jacket in, in nineteen eighty six. What Or uh, my
2: shorts now.
3: <laughs> wow. Um <laughs> That's a lot creepier than what I anyway, um I wanna go with you just to watch you swoon over Bell. And by you I mean uh, well, us. Well I
2: played a night once, which I think I mentioned, but um
3: I have never um I've never gotten called on to play a part. I've also never been that guy. I've never been the rebel spy. I've never been. I've been to the Magic Kingdom eighteen thousand times. I've never been Grand Marshal or parade. It's just like high school. I never get picked for anything.
2: I don't know. They pick me for everything. Yeah, no, there was no. one time. A great quick side story. I've probably said this before. The the uh, the players in the the World Showcase. Uh, well, this is the same thing because I went into a chant of tales with Bella for no other reason. I kind of wanted to take pictures, you know, for this stuff that we do. And uh, it's kind of hard to do when you have to stand up there with a mask in front of your face. So I didn't get to take pictures, but I did even better. I got to be a part of the show. <laughs> but that happened to me, too. Um, the performers in the United Kingdom They were doing a Christmas carol And I wanted to take pictures But they grabbed me to be Uncle Scrooge No, I know I talked about this Because I screamed and you were scared And <laughs> I think I broke the internet So, alright, well, we, we won't go there again so,
3: Alright, I'm going I'm to do one more Because I, I've lost track And it, it doesn't matter And then I'm sure we'll have a couple of Just quick little honorable of, mentions just- Um <sighs> This is hard because there is one that is arguably my favorite attraction, which is all of the above. It's corny and it's sentimental and it's nostalgic and it's still fun and still plays. Um,
2: And you still haven't done the one I was thinking you were going to do, by the way.
3: So so I'm wondering if this is... Now you're wondering. I'm sure it's one of these two. Um, And I think I'm going to go... Where you're it's not awesome. expecting me to. Because, because mm-hmm. of, I don't get to ride it every time I go, but I think this is one that, again, very much embodies what we're talking about. And it's interesting, to me, Foster,
2: mm-hmm. that
3: other than your go with me, you basically mentioned all of Epcot Center. All of Epcot, yeah. Notice that all of our attractions have been in Magic Kingdom. That's true. I am not going to break (laughs) that streak. I'm going to bring us to Magic Kingdom, to Fantasyland, Mm -hmm. to where, to an attraction that is probably less corny, maybe, than it is nostalgic, and has some of, if not the longest lines in the park's. Not because it is the latest, the greatest, the tallest, the fastest, the longest, any of those est things, it is not. What it is, it's a must-do for probably every guest. And it's Peter Pan's flight. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. This, and and I won't go on and and wax poetic too long um, (laughs) on this, because... This, for me, is, again, this embodiment of of this childlike wonder and all. Look, you know, I still, when I get on that ship, I have that feeling of flight. And I think that feeling of flight stands toe-to-toe with Soren, or yes, dare I say, Flight of Passage. Oh. Because when you look down... Over the streets of London. And you get that effect as you start to get more and more distant from the Darling House and Nana's doghouse. And you start to go over the streets and you see the little, the simple effect of the light in the street. I still get that little bit, I don't even care, I'm going to tell you. I still get that little bit of choked up feeling when I go. And what, I don't care, I'm going to... We talk about I don't out. care. Let it we out. talk about the the magic of Disney World, and the the magic is real here. There is something special and magical about this attraction. Look, man, you you've heard me say that not only Peter Pan is my favorite character, but I never want to grow up. I never have grown up. Just ask my mother, no, I never will grow up. And yeah, thanks well. to attractions like Peter Pan's flight, I never have to. And this is very much a maybe it's a personal thing for me, but this is very, very high on my sentimental, nostalgic. Yeah, man, maybe even corny, you know, call it corny because it's not super high tech. It hasn't changed. It hasn't been updated other than maybe the the interactive queue, which makes you want to stand in line instead of using fast pass. Um there's great details in there, and, and you sort of get that feeling that you're sprinkled with the pixie dust, which I love, which sort of helps to complete the story of flight. Um, so I, again, once again, unapologetically, um, my heart goes to Peter Pan and Peter Pan's flight.
2: I'm with you, buddy. <laughs> All I, right. I, I, should, I shouldn't tell you that I got my fast pass for Peter Pan.
3: That's fine. As long as you do the interactive cue at least once, just like Flight of Passage, you can and should fast pass it, because otherwise the lines are long.
2: Well, yeah, um, but well, before you launch into yours,
3: no, I'll please I, I go through what is re- whatever remaining on your list.
2: I, I had a few left. I don't I go long into. Well, like I said, Fantasyland, and I, th- I think you could lump a bunch of other things in there. I think you put Winnie the Pooh in the same bucket. Um, not quite as nostalgic because uh, it's not as old as Peter Pan, but. Um, any of those dark rides, uh, even Little Mermaid, um, um, they often get passed over because they're not, uh, other than if they happen to be new, but, uh, uh, you know, they're not as fun as exciting, but they have their own magical moments. I love the rain and Winnie the Pooh and, and bouncing along with Tigger, things like that. Um, one thing, and actually when we're talking about, it, it's a small world. Um, I think you can kind of in a sidecar put grand fiesta tour for the exact same reasons. Cause I think it gets over looked and this is seen corny in the sense, same way it's a small world is. And, and people see it as it's a little small world clone. Then they'll probably pass by, but, but go on it. It's Finn. It's wonderful. Donald duck is hilarious. He loses his bathing suit. What else <laughs> could you want? Um, the one I, I, I put this one on there. I'm not quite sure why, but I put the Walt Disney world railroad on there. Hmm. And I think my thought process, I'm trying to remember remember when you were trying to remember what your bullet points were. I think my thought process was along the lines of, as you walk in to the magic kingdom and you walk under the train station and, and into main street, um, I get the feeling a lot of people will, you passed it by already. Cause you walked into the park. Um, Maybe no, it's there, but again, it's it's a train ride around the park. Big deal. Like you know, we can walk there. It's old. I I want to go to Space Mountain and get my, you know, fast hash or whatever. Um, or it, maybe people think of it. It it is simply a way to get from point A to point B. That's all it is. It's just like a a launch boat, but. Um, I even found myself like oftentimes not going or forgetting it's there or going, but I make sure now, you know, do go on. Um, um, definitely something to hit. I, I didn't really know to put it on there because I don't think it's looked over because it's corny so much. I think it's just overlooked because a lot of people don't realize it's there, uh, you know, or they know it's there, but it's not at top of mind, that kind of thing. So those are re- – oh, I, I I did have another one.
3: Chef Mickey's.
2: Wow. That could, that was the big one.
3: You bringing food into the equation.
2: I'm bringing food in the equation. Now, I'm bringing Chef Mickey's in. Now, because for us, that is a must-do. Every time we go, we go to Chef Mickey's. We know it's expensive. We know, well, the food's great. But, you know, we know uh, we know that I'm going to swing the napkin around. Nobody else is. I'm going to embarrass my entire family. Um yeah, you get the pictures, with the characters uh for the pe- for people who go to think of Disney as being uh, overly commercial or souvenir happy or whatever um they'll point to a situ- uh, something like that like chef mickey's where you go to breakfast you meet the characters that's corny I you know I need to go you know, off duty attractions and so on and so forth. I, I One of my favorite Saturday night life skits is all about that. The one where, um, Lindsay Lohan was on it and then, and they all cracked up and they, cause they can't keep a straight face for a whole other reason. But only bringing that up cause Saturday night Live made fun of the whole going to have breakfast and meeting the characters too, as a corny notion. But, um, but we do it every time we did. It's, it's a quintessential part of the Disney experience, and I just – I got to hug Minnie Mouse every time. I got to. It's not complete unless I hug – unless there's two things people I need to hug, Minnie Mouse and Lou Mangello. And since Lou Mangello isn't there <laughs> half the time when <laughs> I go down, I got to l- rely on Minnie Mouse and she comes through.
3: Well, you let me know and I'll certainly be there for breakfast with you because uh, I never uh, well, turned well, down a meal. if I
2: throw food in there. Yeah, I never turned uh,
3: uh, I'm going to very quickly – I'm going to quickly go through my list. <clears throat>
2: Can I tell you the one I thought you were going to do?
3: I, I, well, I'm going to – I'll bet you it's the first one we'll, I'm about we'll to see,
2: mention. We'll see if you get to it.
3: So there's two that I, I really am surprised I didn't get to, and I, and I sort of kept moving down the list uh, over and over again because I think they are quintessential corny and classic, and it's the Haunted Mansion and Country Bear Jamboree.
2: There he is. Yeah. Um,
3: the timeless jokes in both – still play I think like we talked about on show 492 the mansion is still that perfect blend of silly and scary and and that song still resonates and the script and the narrative the effects everything still holds up um and it's one of, it's it's an attraction sometimes I just like sitting outside of right and and uh, Country Bear Jamboree again That show has remained the same And although you know every lyric And every song and every character I still like going, I still find myself Laughing, I still find myself Singing along and singing Blood on the Saddle to my poor children When I pick them up from school But, um, <laughs> poor kids um, the, I also had TTA on my list It's mm. a simple pleasure It's less about the story than it is about the vistas. Um we talk about sentimentality as I go on. I see how Tomorrowland has evolved over the years. I remember what was where and when. I look down at the racetrack. I remember being there in like 1976 with my dad and, and a picture that we have there. So it's a very personal, emotional one. Um, and you know something else that, that's not an attraction um and and maybe you know, some of the corniest stuff that you'll find is just walking down Main Street, USA. Um, I was there a few weeks ago. I was working on um, one of the scavenger hunts for the nation. And I found myself smiling uh, accidentally as I walked in, letting myself just wandering for a while. I was watching families. I was watching couples. I was watching the the characters and, and the parade and just everything about it. And it is timeless and it is corny and i think that's it tim i think that's why we love disney it's why we and millions of other people keep coming back i think it maybe accidentally maybe intentionally reminds us of our childhood it reminds us of the innocence that it brings um we can you know when we go back to Disney World over and over and over again, we've talked about the, you know, our, our friends or former friends and you're going back there again, you know, for the most part, we can relive it time and again with no worries of judgment of or, or by others, right? And, you know, for me, you know this, I, I just love, to, look, in this show and in life, I just love talking about things that make us happy about going there and being here and there's so many of them and Yeah, a lot of them are corny, and this whole top 10 is corny, but so what? Like, so what? It's what Disney affords us the ability to do, to escape from reality, to be corny, to laugh at the ridiculous, stupid jokes, and more importantly, ourselves. And I think that, you know, no matter our age or your background or whoever, we all kind of remember at one point sitting down watching a, a Disney movie or a TV show or we remember going to the park with our parents or with friends or meeting characters or writing the classics or simply walking down Main Street holding the hand of your father or your child. And when we go back we want to relive those memories and create new ones um, not just for us but for the people that we're with and so that we can cherish them from years to come and share them with our friends or our children as well. And I think that's the important things. I think so many things that were on our list, Tim, are because of the memories that we have or maybe the the traditions that we have. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of things that make us wherever we are from a, like all four corners of the globe, right? We all sort of make the pilgrimage to Disney because I think we, we have that, confidence and promise of the experiences that we're going to be have and it's it's a silent promise but we know that every detail matters and and we are the most important guests in the park and i think that's what makes this and corny or not that's what makes this place magic and i for one love it
2: i love it too i think the way we phrased it up phrased it a few times before very simply is it lets us be naive and have the night childlike naivete again where there were no rules where your imagination could go wherever it wanted to go there was nothing telling you you couldn't do this you couldn't do that dream big dream whatever you want the world is wide open and that's it that's that's the thought that gets to me on all these attractions
3: you know, it may. And,
2: and have, going to Disney in general, just that right. whole notion. So. It,
3: it may have been a marketing slogan, but I still believe that you know it is a place where magic lives. And does that make me corny? Probably. Do yep. I care? Nope. Nope. Not at all, um, because I have friends like you and Little Timmy Foster from celebrationspress.com What else, um, because I know that that it's coming, I will sit back, relax. What else can we find or expect from you and the good folks at Celebrations Magazine? What sort of magic and nostalgia and corniness is coming soon?
2: Well, wait till you read my letter this time. It's going to be corny. Um, Well, what's new? As with last time, we are still pre-selling our Christmas book. I I will tell you, Lou Mangiello, when we uh, put the word out there that we were putting... A new Christmas book out. And uh, actually, it's uh, actually not that hot up here, Lumongello, though it was in the 90s briefly. But lest we forget, folks, it is August. I am working on our Christmas issue of the magazine right now, which is very strange. But um, we uh, were asked when we put a Christmas book out are we going to have the Osborne lights in it? and uh, you know everybody knows how much everybody misses these lights and originally wasn't going to because they were in the first book but by popular demand Lumangello, we are going to add a huge osborne lights pictorial back into the christmas third book it's also I'm, we're going to make a big fuss about it in the christmas issue coming up so a we're very are
3: uh, you make a fuss or a ruckus because there's a ruckus, a ruckus. And a, can you describe the, the ruckus uh, it's a quote from a movie. Reading, Never mind. Just keep shouting. Cry- I don't
2: know. What movie? <laughs> it's a Scarface? I don't know. What oh, my God. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> Sorry. So anyway, the Christmas book is it's still out uh, for pre-sale. Uh, it'll be coming out in November. Um, but we are excited to tell. Let everybody know who's been asking. Yes, we are going to give the Osborne lights lots and lots of love. And then the... Christmas issue of Celebrations. We're going to give the Dream Lights Love. We're going to give uh, uh, Lights of Winter Love, Osborne Lights Love. So it's going to be a Christmas light bonanza, fiesta frenzy, and uh, that's the big stuff I'm working on right now.
3: But Good, there's more. There's I know more. there's always there's always something more coming from you and the Holy fine Lord. folks at Celebrations Magazine. I will put a link in the show notes, or you could just go to CelebrationsPress.com, and if you Not you, Tim Foster. If you, my friend, have an idea for maybe a top 10 that you would like little Timmy and I to cover, do me a favor. You can email me, Lou, at www.radio.com. Call the voicemail at 407-900-9391, or you can post a message over on Facebook. And I'd also love to hear from you. What is your favorite, corny, sentimental, nostalgic attraction moment anything in the parks I would love to hear from you little Timmy Foster you are corny you are sentimental you are nostalgic and those are just three of my top 10 reasons why I love you brother I look forward to doing this with you and many dining locations soon let's be corny together that just sounded creepy I know Go with it. Now when you say go with me here, I'm going to be a little more hesitant than I was before. Walt Disney World trivia question of the week where I invite you to test your knowledge not just of Walt Disney World's history but seeing how well you pay attention to the details sometimes what you see, sometimes what you hear possibly even what you eat if you think you know the answer you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package before we get to this week's question we're going to go back, review last week's and select our winner so last week we were in New Fantasyland specifically Under the Sea Journey of the Little Mermaid and I asked you to tell me what audio animatronics figure can you find in the queue for this attraction? Thanks to all of you who entered and got this one correct and knew that the answer was Scuttle, because in the interactive portion of the queue, the Scuttle Scavenger Hunt is a game where you can help this little animated blue crab sort out some of the who's it and what's it and thingabobs, and along the way, you'll actually find yourself in front of an audio animatronic version of Scuttle, who chats and interacts with guests a little bit and then shows them some of the objects that the crabs have collected during the game. Again, I took all of the correct entries, randomly selected one, and you were once again playing for my 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World book, all seven of my virtual audio tours to the Magic Kingdom, a WDW Radio Magic Band cover, a bunch of stickers, and a WDW Radio Pop Socket and Stand for your phone, and last week's winner... Randomly selected is... John Mazaros. So, John, congratulations. You use the online form on the site, so I'll get your prize package at you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So we'll stick to the idea of corny attractions that we still unapologetically love, and for me, one of them, as I mentioned, was the Country Bear Jamboree. So we're going to stick with the corny and ask for you to identify... Who plays the corn jug in the Country Bear Jamboree? It's real simple. If you know the song, you're probably already singing it to yourself to identify who plays the corn jug. You have until Sunday, September 3rd, to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, and use the online form to enter there. Again, you're going to play for the book, the audio tours, the Magic Van cover, the stickers, the pop socket, and I'm going to throw in a mystery prize as well, just because... So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you again so much for spending and sharing some of your time with me, not just this week or this month, but really over the past 10 years of WW Radio and really the past about 14 or so years since I got started doing this. I decided to help celebrate the 10 year anniversary of the show and to say thank you this week only. Everything in the WW Radio store, all of the audio tours and my 102 ways to save money for an at Walt Disney World book are a- on sale. $10 for 10 years. You could also get a discount if you buy the package of all seven of the audio tours. All you need to do is visit WDWRadio.com. click on the shop. There you'll find all the items on sale this week only. For ten dollars, I'll extend this sale until next week's show comes out. to so next Sunday, everything is on sale for $10 again over at www.radio.com. Just a very small way of me to say thank you to you and for you. Don't forget, if you have a question you want me to answer on the show, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com. You can also call the voicemail. We heard on the air at 407-900-931. Tell me what your favorite corny moment or corny attraction in Walt Disney World is. Please be sure and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash WW Radio. You can also leave your comments there as well and turn on notifications. This way you can join me live, not just every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern as I do live video broadcasts and interactive chats, but throughout the week as I go and visit and wander and take you through the parks with me. Also, I want to say quick thanks again to all the members of the WW Radio Nation family I appreciate you so much and for all the help that you give to me in helping to support the show, including some day one members like Ben Barlow, Joy Johnston, Nancy Turingia, Michael Kell, Barbie Schurz, and David McIntosh. Thank you guys so, so very much for the love and the support you extend. And if you want to find out not only how you can help the show but also get exclusive rewards every month. I do monthly scavenger hunts. We have a private Facebook group. I send out personalized Magic Band covers, logo gear, T-shirts, and care packages every month from Walt Disney World, as well as, as, well as live video group calls and more. You can find out more by visiting www.radio.com support. And don't forget that a portion of the proceeds do go to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. And speaking of Make-A-Wish, thanks to and because of you, I have been invited back to the Make-A-Wish Foundation's National Conference in October to not just share my story about the Dream Team project, but really the story that I want to tell is yours. Because of you, we've raised more than a quarter of a million dollars for the Make-A-Wish. Because of you, we've sent and granted the uh, wishes of dozens of children and their families to visit Walt Disney World. And while every one of those children has their own stories, so do you. And whether it's a story of how and why you joined the running team, how you've participated in one of our Dream Team Project charity auctions, whether you've come out to meet one of the Wish families during marathon weekends, what it means to you to grant a wish, or maybe how the Wish granting or Make-A-Wish or the Dream Team Project has impacted you personally in different ways on a different levels I think you have an important story to tell, and it's one that I want to share when I go to the conference to help inspire others. If you visit www.radio.com slash share your story, I would love if you would, in a paragraph, a video, an audio file, whatever, tell me a little bit about how—I want to sort of know your why, right? I want to know why you do what you do, why you are on the running team, or or maybe how these stories have impacted you, because I want to be able to— share it with the folks at the conference and maybe help them understand why you do what you do and how this might positively impact and influence others as well Um, I am incredibly grateful to you because you have made such a real difference in the lives of people that really need some magic so to find out more And again, to share your story, please visit www.radio.com slash share your story. I would love to get these stories collected so I can put together my presentation by September 15th. And speaking of places and ways to connect, you can, again, like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash I am at Lou Mangiello on all the social, and as much as I love conversing with you and connecting with you online. You know I believe that nothing beats a handshake and a hug. I'd love to meet you at the next Meet of the Month in Walt Disney World. It looks like it's going to be Saturday, September 9th during one of the early days of the Food and Wine Festival. I have another event that day, so stay tuned for the exact time and location. Also be sure and visit the events page on our Facebook page to find out more about upcoming meets and events and group cruises to Alaska. A lot of other things we have going on as well. Also, I would love to invite you to visit LouMangelo.com to find out how I can maybe work with you one-on-one or in a small group or come to speak to your conference or your business, your event, or your school. Also, don't forget that October 14th through the 16th is my Momentum Weekend Workshop here in Walt Disney World. It's limited to just 50 people. There's only about seven, I believe, seats left. It's a two-day interactive conference and workshop where I and other like-minded entrepreneurs will help you take that thing that you love and turn it into what you do, whether it is a blog, a book, a video, whatever it is that you do, we really want to be able to help you uh, grow your ba- brand and business and do what you love. Again, to find out more information, visit Loumongello.com click on the momentum tab really excited to announce the rest of the speakers this week in addition to lee Cockerell and duncan wardle from the disney company again that's slash momentum 17 thanks as always to becky menken and the entire team over at mouse fan travel no matter where you're going to a disney destination or anywhere in the world they give you exceptional service and the best possible prices and will help you not just before you go but while you are away as well visit them over at mousefantravel.com and as always my friend and you are my friend whether we have met yet or not all I ask is that if you like the show please help spread the word if you like this episode or the Haunted Mansion episode or any episode from the past take a second and just tweet out a link to one of your favorite episodes or this one better yet share it on your personal profile or in a group or on a page over on Facebook and if you can take just 30 seconds to go to iTunes to rate and review the show that's really really helpful thanks to you we have more than 1300 five star reviews I want to thank some recent reviewers like Zman 7655 who says it's informative and inspiring being a resident on the west coast it's a pleasure to learn more about the Walt Disney World Resort I got into Luz shows by recommendations from other people and it's the ultimate port for tips, humor, and to hear the words from an inspiring podcaster such as Lou, oh, thank you! As a former Disneyland cast member, I know what it's like to share the philosophy that Walt carried on throughout his career. Listen to this show. P.S. I forgot to mention there's trivia questions every week. Uh, Jay Bravo, J. Bree says this is the best Disney podcast. Fantastic! Just Kale says the only Walt Disney World podcast. I can't say enough about how much both my friend my family. And myself love this podcast, whether we're simply missing the Disney World or ramping up excitement for an upcoming trip, or on the way to Walt Disney World, there isn't another show to listen to. Lou manages to be both informative, entertaining, and inspiring all in one 90-minute-plus show. Thank you so much for your countless hours of entertainment, more than a whole trip's worth. We are major Disney fans before listening, and you simply created a whole new level of enjoyment. We've tried listening to other podcasts before, but yours is simply like coming home. And in addition to all the entertainment, you've helped bring my daughter 11 years, I love that, and myself so much closer, oh, you're gonna make me cry, by sharing not only your own family with us on many shows, but by bringing us something that we can share and enjoy together for many, many more years to come. Many, many handshakes and hugs from our home to you. Thanks for the years of so much entertainment and Disney love, and here's to so many more. Just Kale, thank you. That That means more to me than you know, and I love the fact that you and your family can listen together. If you'd like to review the show, you can just go to iTunes and search for WW Radio or go to ww.radio.com slash iTunes and you'll see exactly how to do it and a link over there as well. Finally, most importantly, sorry this is, is running a little bit long. Um, thank you guys again from the bottom of my heart. If there's ever anything that I can do to show my appreciation to you and for you, please let me know because I would not be able to do this without you. And what I do, I do for you as well. And it is only because of you that you have let my dreams become a reality. So don't let your dreams just be dreams. Go take that first step today. Challenge yourself every day to take another. And I hope that you have your best week ever. So until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou,
1: it's Michael Ruffin, proud member of WW Radio Nation. Uh, Just catching up on back shows that I haven't listened to yet, and I just finished up you and Tim Foster's conversation about collectibles at Disney. I have quite a few things that I collect. Uh, I'm working towards getting a complete set of Sorcerer's Magic Kingdom cards. I have played the game a little bit. It's a lot of fun to play it, uh, but mostly it's just going in, collecting my cards, and uh, just carrying those around anytime in I'm in the Magic Kingdom, and then going home, seeing what I have to book it-wise, and Building a set, uh, building a complete set for myself and possibly a complete set to give away to a friend of mine, uh, a little boy. Uh, but my big thing that I collected is uh, vintage Disney Parks uh, glassware, like mugs or glasses or cups, uh, and it started by going to a thrift store and finding a, probably from around opening day, uh, around the first couple of years of opening of Walt well, Disney World, a mug there for, about, for a, I think like I got it for a dollar, and it's, that's how it started. Now it's grown to, I have a nice mug that I bought for my first trip in Disneyland. I've got uh, a, another uh, kind of opening era uh, Magic Kingdom uh, mug. I have a Epcot, uh, probably in the early 80s, uh, class mug that I got uh, off eBay. But my pride and joy at that collection is my 999 Happy Haunts Ball Chalice that uh, someone gave me uh, as a gift. They found it on eBay. I'm uh, not sure how much they paid for it, uh, but that is my pride and joy. It is the center of that collection. So of all the things I do collect, that my glassware and my mug is probably my most proudest uh, accomplishment and the one that I'm always kind of looking out to, to grow and make even better.
0: Hey Lou, this is uh, Drew from North Carolina Just wanted to let you know that uh, we really enjoy the show um, And you're talking about uh, the Haunted Mansion this week on the show um, Haunted Mansion is, is probably one of the first places where I've noticed all the incredible details That, that you and your guests talk about so much um, But anyways, love the show, it's a great ride And uh, yeah keep up the wonderful work. Thank you.
4: Hey Lou, it's Caleb Finley from Nashville, Tennessee. I just got done listening to the Haunted Mansion episode. Haunted Mansion has always been my favorite ride. I figured I would call in and tell you my uh, a really funny story. So my very first trip to Disney World, I all I was doing was talking about the Haunted Mansion. I was you know, talking about the, the ride, the story, the special effects My family was just sick and tired of hearing about it over and over and over again. And I, you know, knew every single trick in the book and got into the ride. We were standing in the stretching room, and the lights went out. The lightning struck, and I just started to cry. So the very first time I ever rode it, I only got to the stretching room. I was taken out of the chicken exit. And thankfully, you know, the, the, next, the next day I, I got to go through the entire thing without crying. But my family still holds that over my head to this day. I absolutely loved the show, love the Haunted Mansion, and love everything that you do. Thank you. Have a great day.
0: Hello, Mr. Lou Mangello is Andrew Thompson calling from Quinnell, British Columbia, Canada. I just saw um some videos and stuff of you at the D twenty three Expo and I gotta say, you are the greatest podcaster, um, food expert. <laughs> uh park attractions Did i mentioned food expert <laughs> just to say um i really loved uh you at d23 but i never got to I, i've never been to a d23 expo but when i watched that i felt like i was there too so thank you so much for doing that I'm wondering would you be able to do a d23 podcast I mean that would be excellent forever for like people who'd never been there like me and um, I'm just like uh, a long time away before I go to Disneyland for Halloween in October so it's gonna it'll be my first time that I would Go to Disneyland in October uh, for Halloween. It'd be my first time. And I hope you can make it there too, so I can meet you for like a handshake and a hug or like what you say. And um, I just, I really want to help you with a podcast too. I know my Disney stuff. I'm actually in the midst of writing my own Disney. Uh, park book about where to go what best foods and attractions so I'm still in the writing of that uh, it's not out yet it won't be out maybe till I don't know sometime next year I don't know um, but please do a D23 podcast maybe even a video on your podcast thing and I'm looking forward to seeing what you do thanks bye you And progress is not just moving ahead.
1: Progress is dreaming and working and building a better way of life. Progress is a commitment to people, a commitment to making today and tomorrow the best time of your life. It wasn't always easy. At every turn in our history, there was always someone saying, turn back, turn back. But there is no turning back. Not for us, not for our carousel. The challenge always lies ahead. And as long as man dreams and works and builds together, these years, too, can be the best time of your life. Now Now is the time, now is the the best time, now is the best time time of your your life. Life is a prize, live every minute. Open your eyes and watch how you win. Yesterday's memories may sparkle and gleam, tomorrow
3: is still but a dream. Right here and now.